0: Greetings SOMA Church, and welcome to SOMA's podcast on finding renewal in a time of pandemic. My name is Joel Bussell, and I hope this finds you well. Just this last week, we began a short podcast series on becoming wounded healers, which is based off the popular book by Henry Nowen, Wounded Healer. And as you heard earlier this week, Pastor Brandon mentioned and summarized that our goal as Christians is to become a community of healers. But to become agents of healing, we must be aware of our own wounds to do the work of allowing Christ to bind up those wounds and then in vulnerability take those healed wounds, weaknesses, and sins and offer them up to the world as a signpost how they how they too can seek this Jesus and be healed. This is the ministry of the church in a modern world. Not a ministry of conquest, but instead a dogfight to bring redemption and healing to the broken. Today I'm talking to you about being a wounded healer in the context of a discipleship group. So I've called this the Wounded Healers Discipleship in the Foxholes. Because I believe becoming wounded healers in our modern world will require the same level of faith-filled resolve, deep belief in our mission, and the camaraderie and companionship as band of brothers or sisters would need to fight and survive a war from a foxhole. This all came into focus for me when I was reading and watching, reading about and watching the critically acclaimed TV series called Band of Brothers, where it chronicles the amazing journey of World War II paratroopers who dropped behind enemy lines on D-Day and fought their way to Germany in hostile territory with enemies on every side. And one scene from that show sticks out when they find themselves in the middle of the Battle of the Bulge in the dead of winter, cut off from the regular un- army, under-resourced, each man carrying physical and emotional wounds, avoiding a barrage of artillery artillery from hand-dug foxholes. And in those foxholes, these men, collectively carrying each other's burdens and wounds, found themselves and the resolve to continue to fight. And in those foxholes, those men became something different. And they eventually saw their mission through. To be the first Allied soldier, one of the first Allied soldiers to liberate the oppressed in Nazi concentration camps. And reading The Wounded Healer and learning from the journey from Abezi Company, I saw a striking similarity. Although there are differences, the enemy is not flesh and blood, the war zone is much more domesticated, and the weapons are traded for med kits, spiritual med kits. I found these two books, though, to be speaking a common language. To be a wounded healer in this context, you will need to understand your objectives and to have a lay of the land, the war zone that you find yourself in. Two, you will need to understand how to lead yourself and do the internal work of leading and meeting with God in this landscape. And three, you cannot do it alone. You will need brothers and sisters in arms to join you in the mission of becoming wounded healers in a foxhole. With those three things, they help me understand what it can look like to do discipleship as wounded healers in a foxhole. So let's start with first getting an understanding of our objectives and the war zone that we find ourselves in. Modern man, as Nalon calls him the nuclear man, is a man that's riddled with complexities, uncertainties, doubt, and unending exploration without any clear existential identity, purpose, or destiny. He finds himself not living for anything, nor creating anything, or investing in a future because he lives in fear of life and death, because the future has been deconstructed. And as the world is on the brink, why even think about a future? The nuclear man is full of ideas, but no true ambition or plan of how to get there. Reeling from a smorgasbord of pleasures and delicacies, but occasionally still meddling with the institutions of a bygone era, marriage, parenting, career, etc. But even then, never really actualizing those institutions as a truly life-giving endeavor that has meaning or purpose in himself or in the world or in eternity, because all those things have been deconstructed. And instead, just mildly distracts himself from his wounds and baggage and dissatisfaction with anything he can find food, drink, vacation, success, casual conversations over brunch. He finds himself alone in a sea of people who are alone, causing men and women and children alike to do one of two things to escape by transcendent mystical experiences, or to revolt and cause a revolution of the way things are, a revolt against the way things are and to fight with fragmented ideological activism. As Nouwen puts it, this nuclear man is historically dislocated without roots or reference point, consumed by fragmented and conflicting ideologies, and while fearing both life and death, is seeking and searching for immortality. And all of this culminates to a society of inwardly focused, fatherless orphans and convulsive people, This is a bleak analysis of the world that we live in. And no wonder life feels hard and exhausting. As Pastor Brennan has said, in this world it has caused us all to inflict and receive wounds plenty on our body, minds, and souls. And I believe that statement goes unopposed in our experiences. Where do we go when, as Dallas Willard puts it, we don't know if we're flying right side up or upside down? It seems more like a war zone than a domestic peacetime. And while not diminishing the need for lament of those wounds, nor to make light of the idea of war, as I look at the honest assessment of this cultural moment, I actually think that this is good. Because when I look at these problems of historical dislocation and fragmented ideologies and fear of life and death and searching for immortality. God can handle all of those things. And the mission ahead of us in our foxholes, both inwardly and outwardly, is one that we can pursue with confidence. Because if we're all of those things, no roots, fragmented ideologies, scratching and calling for peace, then we are in a ripe place to visit the great physician to have our wounds healed with the healing balm of the saints of old, the simplicity, clarity, and wholeness of the gospel of the kingdom, and to secure hope in life, in this life and the world to come. And when surrendering to Christ as your Savior and King and receiving Him by faith, Jesus' track record there as a healer of His tried and true healing procedures treats those wounds with a 100% success rate making then our objective in this war zone not to take strategic cultural positions, but instead to be doing personally, inwardly healed, and liberated by this Jesus, and then to carry that same message and mercy of Jesus to the captives being held behind enemy lines. Which then, if that's our landscape and our objectives, this leads us to our second the point, that we must lead ourselves We must do the work internally, personally. And like a battlefield doctor that can finish the task of treating a wound, your body still must go through the time, space, and work of allowing those wounds to heal. That is this work of leading ourselves in our recovery, of allowing Jesus, the great physician, to heal us, of walking with him, being treated and healed in a moment, by the great physician, but then being guided to recovery by Jesus, the great physical therapist, who leads us over time to experience a full recovery, undoing the scar tissue or the trauma that's been done to our body, minds, and souls. All the while, we ourselves are becoming wounded healers along the way that move out into the world. Much like the Men in Easy Company, each one of them wounded, but collectively fighting together to carry each other's burdens. In order to be a trustworthy foxhole mate, we have to do our own work to find resolve and courage to fight on in person so that we may be able to help carry the burdens of others and have our own burdens carried. To be a wounded healer in a foxhole, we must be doing the work of allowing the healer to heal. And Nouwen says that this personal work, the work of leading ourselves during this time, looks like this. One, we must be able to process and articulate the etern- internal events of our soul with God. Two, we must contemplate and speak truth to the world around us. And three, we must, out of our own wounds and observations, develop empathy and compassion for our fellow man. First, we must process and articulate the inner events of our soul with God by developing a language of what you of the wounds that you've received and inflicted, and processing them in an authentic way of how Jesus has healed those through his gospel. Two, then we must look out into our world and contemplate what is the reality of the landscape we live in and be able to speak truth about it, to be a prophetic voice of seeing the world as it is, thinking about it, and speaking truthfully about what we see. And when we've done that internal work of allowing God, to heal us internally and to see the world and the, wound and the landscape that's causing these wounds and the enemy that opposes us. Out of those things, we will develop an empathy and compassion and commitment to our fellow man that overflows into moving towards them because we have seen our own wounds healed and can't help but care about those who travail the same world we do. And so when you're committed in your personal time with Jesus to do this internal work, he will heal us and he will thicken our skin to be a participant in our discipleship group of wounded healers and make us trustworthy foxhole mates that help do this work and carry each other's burdens. Lastly, once you know what war you're fighting and you found your resolve in, in doing the work of allowing God to heal you and leading yourself, then you must lock arms with your fellow man or woman and help them carry their weight and increasingly bring more men and women with their wounds into this healing relationship with Jesus, into the foxhole. Now, and describes this as an external work that we must do to help lead others. And this is what it should look like in our discipleship groups. One, we must have a genuine personal care for people. Not fabricated, but a genuine care. Two, a deep faith in the value, meaning of God's purpose for human life. And three, live and act with hope against the boundaries of death. First, to have genuine personal care for people. Can we sit across from a dear brother or sister and say that we have a genuine care for this person's wounds and hearing their stories, not? Tapping our toes, waiting for the meeting to get over, or looking at this as an inconvenience of what we can get out of it for ourselves. But can we join with the person where they are? And to hear about the work, the internal work that God is doing for them, and to ask questions and to listen well. And then when it's our turn, to vulnerably share what the work, the work, internal work that God is doing to heal our wounds. And to If when our discipleship groups are a place of hearing and listening and asking questions, then they will be a place of genuine care where we can point people to their highest good, which is the healing work of Jesus found in his salvation and sanctification of our souls. Two, have a deep faith in the value and meaning of human life. This is God's truth and plan that brings life. It's not just enough to care. We must then have an unshakable belief that this war matters, that the life, that God, that, that life as God intended it is worth fighting for, and that there are better days coming. And this comes from being transformed through the Holy Spirit by the reading of God's Word, and it brings clarity to the uncertain world and impulses of a father of society. That together in your discipleship group, in your foxhole, You're reminding each other each week that those that come in, and and any new people that come into your group that are seeking healing, that there is meaning in the work and toil and danger of becoming a wounded healer. God has a plan. Let that plan cut through the noise so we can join him in the clear objectives of bringing the message and mercy to the kingdom. By reminding yourself of what truth is, you can fight another day because you have a deep faith in the value and meaning of the life that God has given you. So let's make our discipleship groups a place where we align ourselves and believe in the clear and life-giving truth about God's plan for his kingdom and that that life of living is worth it. Lastly, to number three, to live and act with hope, which breaks through the boundaries of death. This is living with the hope for the future. Because we're, uh, this, this world we live in is afraid of both life and death. Because of Jesus' finished work on the cross, we don't have to be afraid of life or death. The abundant life is given to us now in the Holy Spirit, and we have the hope of eternity with Jesus forever. And when that hope permeates our discipleship groups, we can build and dream and invent with creativity and expectancy that God is on the move in and through us. We can take risks. Make your discipleship group a place where you let that hope set you and others free so that you can join God to toil and create and invest and develop, inwardly do work and outwardly do work that brings renewal in our world and ultimately is a place where the wounded of this world can find refuge and meet the healer. So in summary, from our foxholes, we have our marching orders. First, we have to get a clear objectives and understanding of the war zone we find ourselves in which is that there's a general hopelessness and the enemy has surrounded and enslaved oppressed people by dislocating them from the roots, frustrating them with fragmented ideologies and giving them uncertainty about life and death that has led us to be inward, fatherless orphans with convulsive uncertainties about what's right, which has left wounds on all of us and all of our relationships but the good news is that jesus has met all of those needs and healed all of those wounds in his clear and simple gospel which moves our gaze inwardly from uh, moves our gaze which is tempted to be inward to out and fathers us with clarity and directions about maturity and unifying our souls and because he has saved us we need to do the personal work allowing him to heal us so that we can be agents of healing for others But to do so, we must do that personal work, which is the process and articulating of our inner life with God. Contemplating and thinking critically about the world around us that develops a passion and commitment to our fellow men and women. And when we've seen that, seen our objectives and the landscape of Warzone, and we're committed to doing the personal work, Of allowing Jesus to heal us, then we will be trusty foxhole mates for our brothers and sisters and joining and linking arms because we cannot do this alone to be wounded healers together in our foxholes all over the city. And when we are in those foxholes, we need to create them as a place of genuine care for people that can process internally what's going on and how, and how God is healing them. And that we can then remind each other of the deep faith and value in God's plan for humanity and align ourselves with a life-giving truth found in his word. And then lastly, then we can live with hope, not fear. And that hope would lead us to act in our life and in our work and to create and to live for a future. And it is through this company of wounded healers armed with spiritual med kits digging foxholes all throughout the city leaning on each other so that we not only in our own lives see change by the great physician but by putting that healing on display for the world to see we can see the mission accomplished of setting the captives free and their healing began at the foot of the cross so my church may our discipleship groups be places of healing